Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. I am Sam Rosenberg. Today is Tuesday, August 28th, 2018. How's everybody doing? I've been off for a bit. Took about a month or so off. Kept wanting to get back on the microphone, but truthfully, was just too busy with life, too busy with things, and honestly, you know what? I feel like uh, not everybody would miss me too much if I took some time off. So I got a chance to get some real time, you know, time with people in. (laughs) But uh, enough about me, let's talk about the draft. So fantasy football is back in full swing. Um, Football season will officially begin one week from this Thursday, or all of the, that'll be the opening night game, but all of the games uh, will be one week from this Sunday, which is Labor Day weekend. Um, Drafts are happening. Katie, I've already had a draft with you earlier this past weekend. I'm very excited to play against you in this league, but this fantasy football draft is for you, Katie. Um, I want to make sure you have everything you need uh, so that you go into this draft tomorrow, or I believe it's tomorrow, Wednesday the 29th. I want to make this quick. I want to cut to the chase, and I want to give you all the information that I have in my head that I can brain dump on you to hopefully put you in a position to draft the best team possible. Now, I've done several drafts, both ESPN and Yahoo. There are differences because of the way their rankings are set up. Uh, it's not a big surprise, I'm sure, to you and to just about everybody out there that lots of times the way the rankings are set up will dictate the draft. Sometimes players are ranked high and teams will just take them or an auto pick will take them, even though they might not be the best option out there. So I'd like to sort of just give you as much as what I'm seeing. Number one, the top four picks are clear. You know, it's it's Todd Gurley, it's Le'Veon Bell, it's David Johnson, it's Ezekiel Elliott. There hasn't really been much discussion there. Soon after that, you see Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara, and then sprinkled in there with the top 10, you see Odell Beckham, uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, um, Antonio Brown. And then, you know, not too long after that, you start to see Julio Jones. A lot of those guys, not much of a question. Um, pretty much take who you want. The only real question would be is if you are not picking in the top four, you're not going to get those running backs. So then you need to ask yourself, do I want to spring for an Antonio Brown or a DeAndre Hopkins, or a Julio Jones for that matter. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. It just means that I think you probably will need to jump back around and grab that running back when you hit round two. And there's other big-name running backs that are still right in there in the second round, like Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette. All of these guys, I think, are going to be pretty solid. However, unlike in years past... The quarterbacks and the tight ends are not at the top of the list. In the last couple of years, you've seen a quarterback or a tight end get so popular that they kind of shoot up the draft boards. And, you know, Rob Gronkowski has always been this way, but a lot of this is dictated by hype and not necessarily play. Gronk is Gronk is Gronk. He's always going to be up there on the top of the draft list, but don't be dis- don't be confused here. He's always going to be dealing with injury issues. He's always going to be up and down. I've had Gronk on my team before. Sometimes he misses half the season, but he's still Gronk and he still gets drafted that high because he's Gronk. Because you know when he's on the field, he can do those special things. Quarterbacks, they've been as hot as they've ever been. It's just this year, none of them are jumping out at us. We're in this weird place where the old generation of quarterbacks, your Peyton Mannings, your Tom Brady's, your Drew Brees, your Aaron Rodgers, these guys are actually just now starting to fade. And the only one of them that's real, or really the only two that are really sort of creeping towards the top of the draft are Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. After those guys, you can pretty much just wait on a quarterback. Um... The new guys who are then getting picked off earlier in the drafts are, you'll see Russell Wilson disappear, you'll see Cam Newton disappear, not as early as Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. Those guys are going in round three and round four. 
Round six and seven is when you're going to see Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, Deshaun Watson is a sexy pick. These guys are going to disappear pretty quickly. The guys who end up sitting on the board, Andrew Luck, he could be a hot pick. Just about three, four years ago, Andrew Luck was the consensus number one quarterback. And just because he's been out for essentially two seasons doesn't mean he can't come back and start putting up major numbers. He could be a nice sneaky pick towards the end of the draft to just put at the end of your bench if he's still... I had a draft where he was left until round 15, and I just took him. Because I was like, you know what? I could probably go for somebody else, but I mean, he might pop off, and then all of a sudden I've got a great quarterback sitting in my back pocket. Um... Same thing with tight ends. You know, after Gronk and Travis Kelsey, it really becomes a mystery. And I mean, Zach Ertz, I would say Zach Ertz. Those are your top three. Gronk, Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz. After that, everything is wide open. Because Greg Olson is one of the best tight ends in the league. And the last couple of years, he's been one of the sexiest tight ends to pick early in the draft. But yet this year, he's really far down the list. And you can get him in round five or round six. And the only real knock on him is the fact that, yeah, he missed most of last season with an injury. But when he came back, he was fine. He's going to be just fine. So you will be able to snag a tight end pretty late in this draft. You'll also be able to snag a quarterback really late in this draft. Like if push comes to shove and you want to wait till the last round to get a quarterback, you'll be fine. I've seen Phillip Rivers out there. I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo out there. I've certainly seen Alex Smith out there. And, you know, on some of these drafts, I mean, you'll see guys like Patrick Mahomes. You'll see guys like Matt Ryan still sitting on the board at the end of the draft. And some of these guys, hell, I had a draft where Kirk Cousins was sitting on the board and he went undrafted. My point is there's going to be options at quarterback if you don't get Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Cam Newton. You'll be fine. Same thing with tight ends. And don't be deceived by some of these tight ends. Jimmy Graham, I'm not high on him. I know he's going to the Packers. I know he's Jimmy Graham. I'm just not high on him. Now, getting back to the guts of this draft, you need to rip off running backs and wideouts. Just rip them. Just take them and take them and take them and take them and take them. And don't be deceived by the teams where guys are coming to new places, okay? There's a lot several sort of moments that trip up in my experience and working in fantasy is the assumption of success from certain players. You get that with uh, rookies, both running backs and wideouts, and you get that with guys coming to new teams, signing a big deal with a new team with the expectation of, oh, they're going to be the shit. You know, Jarvis Landry going to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, Jarvis Landry did a lot in Miami. He was a, you know, he was a catch machine. He always led the league in receptions, but this is a new scheme. This is a new team. There's no reason to think the way they used him in Miami is how they're going to use him in Cleveland. So I can't guarantee or count on the fact that he's going to be doing similar things in Cleveland that he did in Miami. So I'm not just going to think that production is going to be replicated. Let me give you a few other examples of what the case is there. Jordy Nelson in Oakland. I know it's obvious because he's older, but... um. Let's think of something else like a Carlos Hyde in Cleveland. He did great. He was a great running back in San Francisco. He got those numbers, but I don't know what the timeshare situation is going to be like for him when he's in Cleveland. He could get the rock a lot. He could not get it a lot. I can't count on it. I just don't know. Whereas I know what T.Y. Hilton is going to do in Indianapolis. I know what Doug Baldwin's going to do in Seattle. I know what Adam Thielen is going to do in Minnesota. I don't know you know, what LeGarrette Blunt's going to do in Detroit. I, I just don't know. These guys are changing teams, and I can't guarantee that it's all just going to pop off the same way it did. Michael Crabtree in Baltimore, what is that going to look like? I, I don't really know. I can assume, and I can judge off of some of the bullshit that I saw in preseason, but at the end of the day, I don't really know. I've got to see what these guys play out as. And the other thing is rookies. Rookies and second-year guys just 
turning it around. Like, Corey Davis is one of the top wideouts being picked for the Tennessee Titans. He was a rookie last year. He put up some decent numbers. He was picked very high in the draft. But at the end of the season, he had zero touchdowns. Now, he had two touchdowns in a playoff game, but he had zero touchdowns on the season. And now everyone's saying, oh, he took a step forward. He's got one more year under his belt. He's going to break out this year. That's all fluff. Okay, unless you're in training camp and unless you're seeing that happen, there's no guarantee that Corey Davis is going to pop off and be the shit. And but yet he's being drafted so high. Uh, Kenny Galladay is a second-year wideout for the Detroit Lions. He was a third-year wideout. Uh, he was a third-string wideout last year. He put up some solid numbers, but again, not monstrous. So why is he being drafted higher than some other guys who are being assured? Of, of spots on their team, and that's because this is where fantasy and hype just gets overwhelmed. Some of the more legitimate picks that I would recommend in this draft are far down on the list. You know, let me give you another example. Tampa Bay Buccaneers have two running backs who they're counting on. Peyton Barber, who's a second or third string, or is a second year running back. He was kind of the backup, but right now they drafted Ronald Jones to be a rookie starter. Big fucking surprise, as training camp has progressed, they've realized Ronald Jones is a little not ready for prime time, and Peyton Barber is ready to take it. I saw in this draft today that I did on ESPN, Ronald Jones was literally being drafted and was ranked higher than Peyton Barber, even though we know right now there's a 98% chance Peyton Barber is going to be the starter and Ronald Jones is going to be the backup. So that's a moment where the ranking is fucking with you. Chris Carson, I think, is going to be the starting running back for the Seattle Seahawks, really far down on the list. Alex Collins, starting running back for the Baltimore Ravens, really far down on the list. I'm not sold on Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake put up some good numbers last year, but how much of a timeshare is it going to be with he and Frank Gore? Frank Gore is not even getting drafted, but yet he's going to be sharing the rock in Miami with him. Same thing with Damian Williams. These guys are all going to be sharing the rock together, so why are we just giving it to the fact that Kenyon Drake is going to be the man? Another example, Royce Freeman, rookie running back for the Denver Broncos, okay? Everyone's like, he's going to be the man, he's getting the rock, he's being drafted in like the third round, but yet, aside from some excitement in training camp, and the fact that no other guys have stepped up, I can't guarantee that he's going to be the man. I can't guarantee he's going to break out. Yeah, he might be worth spending a fourth or fifth round pick to see how that works out, or to at least say, you know what, I'm going to gamble on the fact that he's going to be awesome. But he could not. He, you know, he could not. You know, just like Kirk Cousins going to Minnesota, I'm not saying he's going to be bad, but I don't know what I'm going to get. I don't know what Allen Robinson is going to look like in the Chicago Bears offense. He was great in Jacksonville, and uh, but he's in a different scheme, different quarterback. Are they going to throw the ball as much? I don't know. And he's coming off an ACL tear where he missed the whole season. So I like Allen Robinson, but I don't like how high he's getting drafted. Rashad Penny rookie running back for the Seattle Seahawks. Just because they drafted him and he's a rookie and they want him to be the heir apparent, that doesn't mean he's going to win the job over Chris Carson. So why is he getting drafted above him? Same thing with Sony Michelle, this rookie running back for the Patriots. Like, I could name five running backs on the Patriots roster right now, and they will probably all be on the roster at the start of the season. Sony Michelle, James White, Mike Gillisley, Rex Burkhead. Which one of these fucking guys is going to get the ball? I don't know, but why the hell are we drafting Sony Michelle at the top? If there's one thing I've learned from fantasy, it's the fact that I can never trust Bill Belichick and his fucking running backs. Who's going to get the ball? Who's going to run it? Who's going to catch it? Or is it going to be a screen pass? I don't fucking know. One of the things I know is that I can't guarantee that. I can't count on one guy getting the rock. Whereas other teams 
I can count on one guy getting the rock. I know that Mike Evans is going to get a lot of targets in Tampa Bay. I know that Keenan Allen is going to get a lot of targets with the Chargers. Like, these are things that I'm pretty confident on. Tyreek Hill, you've proven it to me. I know that's going to happen. But I can't guarantee, like, Sammy Watkins in Kansas City. What the hell's that going to look like? Yeah, I know they gave him money and they think he's going to be good. There's no guarantee he's going to be good. So really, 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 Katie, take a moment to look at these depth charts, to honestly say to yourself, who are the number one and two receivers on this team? Who are, you know, who is the number one running back on this team? Because with some of these questions, you're going to look at these guys who are sitting in front of you on the draft board and you're going to be like, do I really know this guy's going to do anything? You know, Paul Richardson signed a big deal with the Washington Redskins. Is he really going to pop off? You know, who's the number one receiver there? Is it, is it is it Jamison Crowder? Is it Paul Richardson? Is it Vernon Davis in the tight end group? Is it is it uh, Adrian Peterson? I don't fucking know. You know, aside from T.Y. Hilton, who's going to catch the ball in Indianapolis? Is it Ryan Grant, who had great numbers last year as a secondary receiver uh, for the Washington Redskins, but yet here... He's really the only clear-cut number two, aside from Chester Rogers in Indianapolis, who's going to be getting the ball from Andrew Luck, who's an amazing quarterback. These guys are going undrafted. So, like, again, I ask this question of how viable are some of these guys, or are they really just sort of sexy because everybody thinks they're sexy? You know, I don't know who the running back in Indianapolis is going to be. Is it going to be Marlon Mack? Is it going to be Jordan Wilkins? Maybe we should draft Robert Turbin, who's going to be suspended for four games, but yet nobody's touching him, and in four games, he might be the undisputed starter of the Colts. Another example is the, is the Green Bay Packers. Who's going to be the running back there? Because I can tell you, every year, their running back has usually been a viable option. Is it Ty Montgomery? Is it Jamal Williams? Is it Aaron Jones? In several leagues, Katie, I've been drafting Ty Montgomery and Jamal Williams because I know one of them is going to start. Right now, Aaron Jones is suspended for two games, so he's not playing the first couple of weeks, but I know it's going to be Montgomery or Williams. And then once Aaron Jones comes back, it's going to be one of the three of them in the mix. I'm just going to collect all of them and figure out which one has is the man and then drop the other one because the other guys are not getting touched. Another example is Rashard Matthews, wide receiver for the Titans. This guy has always been money in the bank, especially in PPR. He gets a lot of volume, but he's missed most of training camp, and a lot of people, they're, he's off their radar. He officially came off the, the pup list recently. He's now practicing. He's now playing. I'm expecting a lot out of him because he's shown it in years past. Until he plays week one and doesn't play or gets one catch, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. you got to be, I'm always a strong believer of what have you done for me lately and what have I seen. I've seen the fact that Devontae Adams has produced in Green Bay. He's coming back this year. He's going to do it again. Julio Jones produced in Atlanta. He's coming back this year. He's going to do it again. Marshawn Lynch, I'm telling you right now, he was not super good with the Raiders last year. Okay, he had a couple of good weeks early on in the season, looked a little better later on in the season, but right now he's still the starting running back for the Oakland Raiders. I don't buy that. I'm not trusting it. I don't want to fucking touch it with a 10-foot pole, but he's getting drafted very, very high. This is something to be weary of because he's not going to get the volume. He's not going to get the touchdowns. Let somebody else deal with that headache. Remember that. Think about which of these guys are going to be a headache. You know, Stephon Diggs has been a headache for me because he tends to be a home run hitter. He either has three catches for 101 yards or a touchdown, or he's got three catches for 33 yards and nothing. Whereas Adam Thielen gets the volume. That's the guy who gets five catches, six catches, eight catches a game. I can count on that shit. 
What I can't count on is Deshaun Jackson getting a 70-yard touchdown pass or not. These are the things I have to weigh as I go through this draft. So, Katie, what I want to tell you is let this draft come to you. Let these picks come to you. You know, go for your, your running back if you can in the first round. Hell, go and jump for that wide receiver if you need to. I think it's okay to go running back, running back, wide receiver, running back, or running back, wide receiver. I think the, the draft is this filled with people. But give yourself an opportunity to wait on the tight ends, wait on the quarterbacks. If you really want that Aaron Rodgers, if you really want the, the Russell Wilson or the Deshaun Watson, spring for him and get him. You'll see how quickly they disappear from the board. Same thing with a tight end. If you really want Zach Ertz or if you really want Travis Kelsey, spring for them. But aside from that, just keep getting wide outs and running backs, wide outs and running backs, wide outs and running backs. Just take all of the juicy ones that you want to play with. And then when you feel it's time, when you you sort of are happy and content with the fact that you're going to get a guy like Evan Ingram at tight end or Phillip Rivers at quarterback, then you can step back and say, all right, now I'll pick my tight end. Now I'll pick my quarterback. And But just go for those wideouts and those running backs. You're going you're gonna to appreciate it later on because you're going to have more options as the season goes on. Uh, you know, a sneaky one that I like, and I'm going to mention this as I go, Mark Ingram and Julian Edelman. These are both proven fantasy producers who were suspended for the first four games. And because of that, their draft position is low. Scoop them up and sit on them. I think both of them will be good options whenever they come back. And because of their low draft sitting, you know, you can scoop them up later in the draft. And then, I mean, it sucks to sit on a player for four weeks because in a lot of ways that could be your entire fantasy season. That first September, those first four weeks, I mean, that could be the difference maker between your team being out of the playoffs. You go 0-4, all of a sudden it doesn't fucking matter if you've got Mark Ingram or Julian Edelman. But, I mean, listen, if they're still sitting on the board that late in the draft, scoop them up because they're going to be valuable for you somewhere down the line. Uh, all right, that's it. I wanted to make this short, quick, and easy. Have you squeeze this in before you uh, before you go into the draft? Good luck to you, Katie. I think you're going to kick this year's drafts ass, and I have a feeling you've got the knowledge, the know-how, and the pra- and the uh, the uh, ability to uh, school these motherfuckers this year and win your league. I have a lot of faith in you, and I think you're going to stomp. So. Katie, thank you for listening. Thank you, everyone else, for listening to Sam Sports Podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, sorry, uh, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You can subscribe to my Facebook page, uh, Sam Sports Station. You can follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. You can also follow me on Twitter at Smithface Jones, and of course, you can email me at samsportsstation at gmail.com. Good luck with your fantasy football league this year, Katie. Crush it. I will be crushing you in our league. I can assure you of that because I crush everyone. Uh, But that's all I have for this, uh, for today's podcast. Thanks a lot for listening. Take it easy. Bye-bye.